What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Film Junkie Live on your end of Monday, August 7th. Hopefully, you guys are doing good. Hopefully, you guys had a good weekend as well. I had a good weekend, you know. Mama Film Junkie's birthday yesterday, which, of course, we wish her a happy birthday on Friday and yesterday's stream. So, we took her out to lunch, had some Mexican food. She had a big old margarita. She was feeling good. Feeling good, so thank you guys again for joining. Make sure you subscribe, hit that like, thumbs up, do all that. Follow me on all the sock meds around me. Uh, if you want to become a member, do so. Become a member. We do a members-only stream after every Wednesday stream, so you could pick my brain a little bit more, or you could hear some, you know, some more exclusive stuff over on the Patreon. But yeah, follow me on everything right there. So, whoops, I forgot to pull up my chat. Hold on, give me a second here. Like I said, I'm running just a little late here. I was like looking into things and I was having problems with the camera. If you guys watched the DC Fanimated stream, you know I was having some problems with my camera connection to my computer. It's like, geez, of course that's got to happen. So I'm home. Let me pull up the chat. Keep talking. Keep talking, guys. <sighs> Let me just do this here because I got to do it like a certain way. Come on. There we go. Just enjoy the music. It's good music. I don't know the band, I don't know anything uh, who made it, it's just royalty-free music. I know people ask, what's your opening song? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Alright, let's see. Alright, now I'll put on the chat. Does that work? Up. Oh, let me adjust it a little bit. This live stream is the best. That's right, it definitely is. Alright, guys, here we go. We're in business. Alright, we got Game City Savior right here. My name's Clark Kent. You're in Smallville. Hey, Dave. What's going on? Game City Savior, good to see ya. Alright, let me turn that off. Alright, we got Mind of Inception. Oh boy, I want to hear your thoughts on this. This would have been epic as F! And sounds like it would have been. Mr. Nobody, hey, happy Monday everyone. I wonder who would have played the Reverse Flash in Zack Snyder's or Zack Snyderverse. Who do you think would have been uh, cast as Reverse Flash? Good question. I know everybody likes... Uh, Osmondius, uh, the actor who played him in uh, Watchmen, I can't remember his name right here. Uh, but yeah, some people were saying like him. Ha, zing, zing. What's going on, Fear Jason? Good to see you, buddy. Flash One, uh, Rick F's buddy cop. Uh, Flash Two, I don't think this would have been Flash Two. Remember, this is Zack Snyder. We'll talk about it, though. It wouldn't have been Flash. It wouldn't have been Flash 2, though. We got Nighthawk right here. Good to see you. Good to see you, my dear. Good to see you. We got Daniel right here. Blue Beetle is going to flop so hard. I, I, I hear a creepy voice when I hear that, though. Well, it's actually uh, new box office projections have actually gone up to 30 plus million domestic. So I don't know if about flopping hard. But if it does, something tells me that it's going to get you. Anyways, okay. Some people like to watch movies fail. Uh, Eleanor, what's going on? Good to see you. That's right. Sup, MSGT, good to see you. Tom, Tim, oh, okay. Are you Jory Lawrence? Like, whoa. All right, cool. 
Let's see who else we we got right here. Uh, we got Azteca. I know it's only preseason, but football is finally back. That's right. Football is starting right now, isn't it? Ah, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. What's going on, Shamagic? Good to see you, buddy. Having Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas in a, pro in a proper flashpoint would have been awesome. All right. Again, though, you guys got to think. It's, it wasn't going to be like, ugh. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that because people fail to realize things when it comes to all this. That's what's so funny about this. It's like you got you got to you got to think. You got to think a little bit. You got to think when it comes to all this. But we'll talk about that, Mr. Slay Oliva. You know, just putting it out there and just being like, hey, this is what was happening. And then of course uh, we're gonna talk about David Ayer because he's been putting he's been putting things out there all weekend. So I was just like, holy crap, look at how much crap that he put out there when it comes to the air cut. Even like explaining certain things too, which is good. Good on David. And then we're going to talk about the box office and Barbie crossing a billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. They always say go woke or you go woke, go broke or whatever the heck. You know, that didn't happen this time. Because, but at the same time, you go, well, it, it, did, it went woke, but then it made fun of woke. And maybe that's why it didn't go broke. Ever think about that? Ben Shapiro? Anyways, okay, so, and then of course we got Marvel, Marvel VFX artists basically saying like, hey, this is ridiculous, so hey, we're going to unionize and hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll get some better pay and everything when it comes to this right here. So it's freaking August, what the hell, where the hell is the Rebel Moon trailer? Uh, like I said, keep an eye out, we'll keep an eye out. Certain things, see, if, if Zach does some traveling to the, you know, Across the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, then we start looking. We start looking, but I think just with everything that's happening right now, that's what's affecting it. You know, when it comes to all the strikes, that's what's happening there, uh, Mr. Ozzy. That's what I'm thinking. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, let's get to the tweets. We'll get to some tweets right here. I just picked some out right now. Let me turn that off. Start chatting it up. Let's see what we got first. Uh, let's start off. Uh, well, I mean, Oppenheimer. We're going to talk about some box office. Oppenheimer came in. I thought this was pretty cool right here. A little side-by-side -side comparison to the actual life, the life cover that Oppenheimer was on. October 10th, 1949. They did like a little, you know, they should have made it a little bit more grainy, but that's, you know, I thought that was pretty sweet right there. I thought that was pretty cool that they did like that. They redid that whole thing. I mean, obviously, it's not perfect, but hey, close enough. But yeah, there you go. We got the real Oppenheimer, and then, of course, we got Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer right there. Close enough, right? Killian Murphy really killed it, that's for sure. And who saw this coming? I think everyone did. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting, but yes, guys. Despite, and this is from Screen Ran right here. This is what they wrote in their tweet. Despite being a potentially promising take on uh, Roald, uh, Roald I, I can never say his name, Roald, Roald Dahl's novel Will, uh, Wonka has stirred some major controversies by casting Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. That's right, guys. Gee, in this day and age, in 2023, people are upset? Get the hell out of here. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting, too, when it came to... When it came to Wonka, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, immediately when you saw Hugh Grant as one of the Oompa Loompas, you immediately went like, oh, yeah, someone's going to get upset about that because they didn't, they didn't cast a little person. Even though the Oompa Loompa in this one, it's, it's a very little person. Like, it's, you know, it's not just your, it's not like the Oompa Loompas that were in the previous, you know, in the, in the Gene Wilder one. 
It's something different, but yeah, that's what's happening right here. Wonka appears to be promising, blah, blah, blah. However, not all casting choices made for the movie are being received as well as others. For instance, while some viewers look forward to Hugh Grant's portrayal of the Oompa Loompa in Wonka, others are seemingly against it. The brewing controversy surrounding Hugh Grant's portrayal of an Oompa Loompa has also reached several renowned actors who have openly talked about their opinions on Wonka's offbeat casting decisions. Many actors have come forward and expressed their views. What? Actors having to jump in and express their views? Well, geez, that's new. For instance, George Copen. An actor with dwarfism, of course, he was going to come out, opened up about how people with dwarfism feel like they are being pushed out of the industry because they are not being offered everyday roles and dramas and, and soaps and everything. Jackass star, uh, Mr. you know, of course, Wee Man has voiced criticism surrounding Hugh Grant's. Uh, yeah, so they're going to have that. But it's just so interesting because, like, first off, we don't know the context. And then it, it, this is a very touchy subject. It is a very touchy subject when it comes to this because there's a whole uh, not the, there's a whole Snow White thing that's happening too when it comes to the Seven Dwarfs and then of course there is the whole thing with uh, uh, Peter what's his name uh, from Game of Thrones that was making a that was talking about certain things as well when it comes to little people or people with uh, uh, dwarfism that are not being cast in certain roles and whatnot but. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a weird thing because we saw that picture from Snow White where it looks like it's not going to be the seven dwarves. There's like one dwarf and then the rest of the people were were just regular people. They were you know, regular height people. I don't know how what, what, what we call that. I mean, you know. Uh, anyways, but um, yeah, so it's just like it's such a weird thing now. Now it's like, what do we do? Do we do this? Do we do that? I don't know. It's just it's such a touchy thing. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I thought saw when I watched the Wonka trailer. I'm like, yeah, that's going to get backlash. Did we not think that was not going to get backlash? I mean, of course, that's going to get backlash. So and then, of course, the closer we get to the movie, the more uh, people are going to like express that they don't like it. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the movie looks whatever. I'm not like hyped for it or anything like that. So again, yeah, maybe they should. I don't know. I don't know. Again, the context was he's like in a jar. Like it's, it's a, it's this Oompa Loompa is smaller than probably any human being out there. So that's what's it. But again, maybe they could have did something. I don't know. Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. I thought it was funny to be honest, but that's just me. That's just me right there. Ah, Dwayne Johnson, everybody. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure some of you guys saw this right here. But um, we got uh, Dwayne Johnson explaining what happened with Black Adam, of course, with Kevin Hart. Speaking of an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Come on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Don't say that. Don't, don't post that yet. But, yeah. Um, but, yes. Um, we got uh, Dwayne Johnson being asked by Kevin Hart that, uh, and thank you, uh, Mr. Aaron Bailey, right there. Thank you for uh, for the two dollar super chat. Cheers. Thanks for that. Appreciate it, man. Always, always good to see you. X Fire, good to see you as well. Uh, Brennan, also good to see you. All right, so this is so we got Dwayne Johnson talking about Black Adam and why you know what happened with it, all that. So uh, here's what he had to say right here to Kevin Hart. Let's get back to the point. Black Adam, you, big opening, huge. Huge. Yeah, by the way, uh, the thing that's crazy about it being so fucking big, your fan base is engaged, everybody's engaged, 
You make an announcement. Did it open huge? announcement is talking <laughs> That's about, what I was kind of wondering. Hey, I mean, not, one of the things was like, did it open really that huge? I don't know if it was that huge. We're but going okay. to continue the world of Black Adam, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm curious. I want to know why, especially when there's such a successful opening. Your leadership. Um, you seem to have the appetite from your fan base for more. What's the reason or the reasons for the stopping of Black Adam? Cool. Uh, it didn't make that much. I think that Black Adam got caught in a vortex. Between a rock, the rock and a hard place? <laughs> Sorry. Of new leadership. And at that time, as we were creating Black Adam, developing it, shooting Black Adam, we got knocked down a little bit for because of COVID and the shutdowns COVID, got back yeah, up. That, that there was so many changes reshoots, in leadership. And as you know, the budget got inflated, company, but especially that size and magnitude, mm -hmm. that's a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. And you have all those changes in leadership you have people coming in who creatively, fiscally, are going to make decisions that you may not agree with philosophically. Mm -hmm. So, oh, are you talking about Jimmy Guns right there, Dwayne Johnson? Huh? Talking about Jimmy Guns. I think that's what's happening right there. He's like, yeah. They didn't see eye to eye. And again, I mean, it was always very strange that James Gunn did not promote Black Adam at all, even though his wife made a cameo in there. It was just, it was quite strange. Again, I don't know the logistics. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know? This always, you know, this goes back to Wyden Gal Gadot to promote anything about her cameos in Shazam 2 and The Flash. It's all just very strange. I think Black Adam was one of those movies that got caught in that web mm -hmm. of new leadership. And, you know, that will always be one of the um, one of the biggest mysteries, I think, not only for me and us on our end, but also throughout our business, because mm. that's a Kevin question. Mm -hmm. But that has that was a, a question Kevin out of question. Wall Street. That was a question out of Hollywood. That mm -hmm. was a question like, wait a second, you had the biggest opening of your career. I mean, he did. I guess. Well, it wasn't the biggest opening of his career because Fast, the Fast and Furious movies he's been in have been bigger, but this was like, it was his solo, the fact that he starred in it because obviously he doesn't star in the Fast and Furious movies. So it's like, hmm. Sure, no China. That could have been maybe 100, maybe 200 more million dollars. Mm -hmm. um, That's another thing, though. Yes, they didn't get China. 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 That didn't help either. You're establishing a new superhero. You want to grow out the franchise. You bring back Superman and Henry Cavill, the world Which we crazy. all appreciated. And also, too, and you and I, you were texting me this on opening weekend, is uh, we created a diverse superhero portfolio where we had just men and women of color, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in Black Adam, too, as well. So um, I think just... I was more, I was impressed by the execution. Yeah. I know how Black Adam... How close the movie was, the project, and I yeah. by the ex. <laughs> it it kind of makes you wonder though, when when it comes to these interviews, it's like, did you really think that Kevin Hart, or did you not really give a shit? Because maybe superhero movies aren't your bag. I don't know. It's all. I always kind of. There's always some fluff when it comes to these interviews. But that was one that was near and dear to your heart. And cracking the code is seeing that cracking the code on the world of superhero. Is something, of course, that you were very ambitious about doing. And what I thought you did, I was like, oh, that's dope as fuck. Yeah. He put his mind to it and he did it. Like, the shit's happening. They're in production. They're shooting the movie. Fuck, it's done. Mm -hmm. Damn, release the trailer. Shit look good. Yeah. DJ, congrats. <laughs> I will say it did look good. VFX, some of the shot, a lot of the shots look good. I'll agree fuck. with that. All right. You then release the movie. Movie has success behind it. You get some positive dollars. Yeah. 
that's, that's, uh, you know, I don't know about, you know, full on, but you know. And the goddamn box office behind it in a time where the box office okay. uh, seemed to be taking hits, dips. So that's true. I don't know, it was just, a, it was a weird thing for me and just not knowing, but to hear you say that, it makes sense. You know, when there's a changing of the guard, sometimes the business changes as well, and rightfully so, right? Like we can't exactly. be a part of the world of why yeah. on that side, but, um, and giving them the best opportunity to make more and do more, that's our job. That's where we come in. Exactly, and you know, I think it is as business. Okay, so this is where this is where I totally agree with Justin right here. I think a lot of us do. This is when he starts going like, "Hey, this is what you got to do right here." Like when it comes to you know the way we're going to approach these you know these characters and and the business. Minded people who are always you and I who are always thinking audience first. Audience first. Yes, we look at and respect the bottom line economically, but also when you think about opportunity creating opportunity and creating things that are fresh and delivering for the audience, which is our number the one audience. boss. I like um, how he said that. When when that wasn't looked at through that lens, it makes things a little bit more challenging, mm -hmm. I think, for guys like Yeah, see yeah, yeah, you hear that? Hamada and Emmerich or Emmerdick, I should call you. Like you and I, where mm -hmm. you go, you sure you want to do this? But hey, at the end of the day, you know what it is? It's like new ownership coming in, buying an NFL team and going, all right, not my head coach, not my quarterback. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how many times you won the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Doesn't matter how many rings we got. I'm going with somebody That's a great else. Great example. Yeah. See that happens. A little shade throwing that dreams gun a little bit. I think so. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Black Adam was in a tough spot, but at the same time, you know, I can't. I can't fully just say like, oh yeah, this movie was amazing. It was underrated. How didn't people go rush out to see it? Because let's face it. Some of the parts of the story, I was like, wow, that sucks. That sucks. But. There's a lot of things that did work, too, you know, so but it was an interesting situation. And, you know, for the most part, I agree with a lot of what Dwayne Johnson had to say right here because he was caught in a very weird spot. I know that Dwayne Johnson in Seven, uh, Seven Buck Productions with Mr. Garcia, they were trying to, to get that that DC Studios head job for him and everything so then they could actually move forward with it and have that whole thing where Black Adam would eventually be like the big baddie and everybody had to like go after him and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like to introduce him in the way that they did, where he's the anti-hero, there's the kid involved, what makes him look more like the hero and, and everything. It's just like, to me, it was like, man, there's still some things that should have been established first, some things with Shazam. I don't know, it's just, ah. Uh, it's, it could have potentially been something pretty awesome. But I think the fact that they introduced just a flat out Black Adam movie, and then it had aspects of, okay, you got a kid, you got the whole like fish out of water thing. And I don't know, to me, I just thought they should have slowly introduced him into the world, maybe teasing at the end of maybe the first Shazam. And then maybe just more of a... I mean, there was a deleted scene that teased a Black Adam presence or whatever the hell. I don't know. It's just... It was all just kind of all over the place. And I don't know. It's just needed... It, there was a lot of things. I agree with a lot with Dwayne Johnson necessary right here. But at the same time, the execution and just starting off with a Black Adam movie. I don't know if that's a good way to establish... To try to continue to salvage part of a universe because obviously we appreciated him bringing Cavill back and that would have been great to see them duke it out eventually but I don't know it just didn't it just didn't end up working out it sucks but you know it didn't
Rock wanted the spotlight all for himself. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. There's ego involved. The best part of the movie was Dr. Fate, honestly. Miss Stephanie T, you were absolutely correct with that. Pierce Brosnan, the goat. I mean, that's the thing. Totally the thing right there. So I like I like and respect James Gunn a lot. Nonetheless, uh, if Hiram Garcia had gotten the job, Henry and Amy crew would have been uh, back. I know. I, I love how you're so confident that Amy would have actually came back. You know, <laughs> Who knows? But um, hopefully, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think some of the some of the people would have been back, but it it would have been a fragmented Snyderverse for sure. And that's the thing. And that's what's so funny about this is like if if uh, Dwayne Johnson and Hiram Garcia were actually running things, it would have just been it would have been it would have been a version of the Snyderverse, but not the Snyderverse for sure. So and then the live action Shazam, which is a copy of Goofy Lego cartoons i don't know the first one's great in my opinion another big mistake was not involving shazam yep exactly exactly stephanie so but yeah uh, dwayne johnson i mean he just had that to say so i thought that was pretty interesting when it came to all of that and then um let's move on to uh a, a dc director here james wan holy crap this guy's having a tough tough couple of years man you got Aquaman 2, Lost Kingdom, that is just going through reshoot after reshoot after reshoot. And you know James Wan is one of those guys. So like he probably he's sick of the he's probably sick of the big machine, the big superhero machine. Obviously, Aquaman 2 was gonna be, even if it did it was successful, it's gonna be his last one. He doesn't do uh, trilogies, but man, this guy ended up going to the hospital right here. This was posted. And I bet I think his uh his wife was the one that actually posted this right here when it came to this picture. It has been an extremely rough and scary couple of days and nights. You never want to rush to e- to ER in the middle of the night and then have to stay in the hospital. Cedar Sinai is truly the best. Best doctors, nurses, technicians, just the most wonderful people. James is safe now and on the mend. So there you go. That's his wife that actually posted that. That's why it says James. He wasn't referring to himself in the third person. I could tell you that. But my God, man, get well soon. Jeez, we don't. Yeah, we don't need anything to happen to you, James Wan. You are a very talented director, and we want to see more of your vision out there. So, man, I talk about having a rough year. They haven't said what exactly happened. And to be honest, okay, I don't need to know. I don't need to know what happened to him. Okay, keep that. I mean, again, I know we're in a we're, we live in a society where everything has to be known and everything has to be put out there. And, you know, for for a minute there, everybody was all concerned about whether, you know, what your medical stuff when it came to certain, you know, shots. Everybody was like, you better have it. You better show proof. But it's like, no, no, keep all that. That is up. That is that is private. I don't need to know what happened to James Wan. All I want to know is that he's OK. I don't need to know what what it was or whatever the hell it was. Just that as long as he is okay. That's all I want to know is that he's fine. So, but hopefully he gets well soon. So get well soon, James Wan. Get well soon. <sighs> and then speaking of somebody who, um, you know, had a scare, uh, who had a scare himself. Did you guys see this? I thought this was kind of interesting that Jamie Foxx posted this on his Instagram stories. They killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? Hashtag fake friends. Hashtag fake love. Yikes. 
So, Jamie Foxx posted this over the weekend on his stories. And it's kind of funny, too. You know who got caught in the crossfire? Apparently, it was found out that Jennifer Aniston, like, liked this, this right here. And so, she was being thrown under the bus as well. Because everybody thought that this was anti-Semitic. Like, anti-Semitic. Everybody was, like, saying, accusing him of doing that. And I'm like, what the hell? I just want to know. I, I figured he was talking to people on the business, friends of his that were that expressed that they cared but didn't really care when he was sick. That's what I thought. But I was like, yeah, this was I, I don't know. You know, your guess is as good as mine when it comes to all this. But I mean, we're again, I as long as Jamie Foxx is OK, I don't really need to know exactly what happened unless it's something that, you know, uh, again, I mean, obviously, when it came to Jamie Foxx, people were talking about, oh, yeah, what did he have a reaction to to the the covid vaccination? And I mean, to be honest, when it comes to that, if that was the case, yeah, maybe that should be known because, yes, that does happen with all with anything, any kind of medication reactions happen. There's always there's always going to be that. It's not going to be a perfect thing. It's not 100 percent. Everybody's going to agree with it. Our health is different. You know, think we react to things differently and everything like that. And there are people that, yes, that have had uh, vax injuries when it comes to when it comes to that one, just like other ones as well. People react differently, but uh, they haven't said anything about that yet. And to be honest, I'm like to the point where I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, long as Jamie Foxx is OK, just like I was saying, when it comes to James Wan, long as Jamie Foxx is OK, that's that's good enough for me. I don't need to know details or whatever the hell. I don't need to know all those details. But uh, but this was kind of interesting that he decided to post this and everybody was kind of scratching their head like, ah, maybe maybe he had a friend named Jesus. Maybe it doesn't mean even mean Jesus. He had a name, you know, no, just kidding. Um, no, but uh, yeah, fake friends, fake love. Interesting. I was like, woof. You're offended. You're offended as a as a Christian there, Ryan. At first glance, you could see why people went. Oh, yeah. Because of the whole Jesus thing. Yeah. But I, yeah, I highly doubt that that was actually the case. But then you never know. All of a sudden, Jamie Foxx is going to be like putting like, you know, foil on his head and just going crazy. I know. But yeah. So take it with what you will. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a religious person, so I don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to all of that. But it was very interesting, and then it just kind of makes you, makes you wonder, like, who was he talking about? And like I said, Jennifer Aniston got caught in the crossfire because apparently she, like, hit the, hit the like, or I don't know, I don't even know. It's like, holy crap, that's just very strange that that happened, but what can you do? Um, now we're going to move on to Blue Beetle. This poster right here, come on, that's pretty damn cool right there. So Blue Beetle, of course, doesn't come out this week, but comes out next week. And to be honest, I thought this poster was uh, pretty cool. It's uh, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> oh, come on. There you go, guys. Put that. Hashtag beautiful. All right. Yeah, that's what I tweeted out. It's dumb. I know. I get it. But I like the fact that they have cord right there. They have cord right there that's on that, uh, you know, that, that sign right there that's probably scrolling up. But, uh, yeah. It's a pretty cool poster, not too shabby. And like I said earlier, when uh, uh, whoever that was that said that that Blue Beetle is going to flop so hard as if he was talking dirty to me, um, 
Um, yeah, apparently right now, um, we'll talk about the box office projections next week since it's the week of, and that's usually when I like to talk about it. But apparently, according to new box office projections, yes, Blue Beetle right now is looking for a looking at a 30 million plus domestic, which not too shabby for a small superhero movie. Obviously, uh, we know that the budget was like 100 to 120 million, so it doesn't have to do like a billion dollars, of course, but. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I just thought that was a really cool poster. I think that's that's my favorite poster of the whole thing right there. So of the of all the posters that's been released, they release other posters, too. They're pretty. They're all right. But that one was pretty cool. I like it. All right. Let me turn that off. Where is that at? There it is. All right. What are you guys talking about there? Very nice poster, yeah. Well, Blue Beetle break the six DCEU flop, flop mata streak, flop mata. But that's the thing is like you have to define you have to define a flop. To a flop to me is like it just. I mean, Shazam was definitely a flop. Yeah, I, yeah, Flash was a flop. But I don't know, Black Adam. Again, it was like, eh, it did the best out of all of them for sure. But I don't know if, like, everything was, like, an actual floppy flop. But it just sucks because everybody just wants this. You know, there's people that want this movie to flop so badly. And I'm like, again, I, it just sucks because, I, you know, I'm, like, going, well, oh, this is a small movie. I'm rooting for it. It's a, it's a character that nobody really knows about. I like the main actor. And I'm like, you know, and then, of course being half Mexican, I'm like, well, you know, let's let the, let's let the, the, the brown guy come on. Let's let the, let's do this. Let's, let's boost him up a little bit and, you know, lift him up. But obviously there are people out there again, that just, they can't wait to celebrate the flop of a movie. I don't get it. I don't ever want, I don't do that. Do you guys do that? I don't do that. I, I just, I just don't do that. I'm like, I'm not, I don't hope a movie's going to flop and then I don't celebrate a movie flopping because I'm like, there's a lot of people that worked on that and they maybe try to have something and I just kind of think of it like that, but that's just me, you know, I'm not beating on my, my keyboard, you know, from my, my house that I, you know, living with my parents anyways. Okay. So, no, oh, don't say Latinx. Ah, Give it a chance. Give it a chance, like Steph says. But yeah, I know. It was kind of funny because on the Vodka stream, I love how Paul was like, how do you say it? Like Latinx. And then both Ben and I were like, don't even say it, dude. Don't even say it. Yeah, don't say Latinx, Latinx. Blah, blah, blah. That is a term that, that actual Latinos do not like. Okay? Only like the ones that are very white, very, very whitewashed and are like, you know, just all about being offended over everything. Don't even think about that. There you go. There's Ben right there. I know both Ben and I were like, because <laughs> when he started saying, it, I'm like, oh shit, he's, he's a little nervous. He's a little nervous. And then, and then we both just like, nope, nope, nope. Don't even, don't, don't, don't even do that. Get rid of it. Throw it out there. Nobody wants to hear that shit. I don't even, ugh, that sounds like a weird, like, that sounds like a weird nightclub. Latinx. Ugh. That sounds like, that sounds like something that, uh, you know, a place that, a place that Elon Musk would open, <laughs> right? Yeah, he was, yeah, Paul was a little, woo, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. There's Mama Film Junkie. How's it going, Mom? 
<sighs> it sounds like a bad beer. Yeah, that's pretty funny. No, I don't root for the movies to fail. Yeah, good. Good. Don't do that. Yeah. Why root for movies to fail? People are still holding on to the line in the trailer. Oh, yeah, the, the line from the trailer from uh, George Lopez who said, you know, Batman is a fascist. And it's kind of funny because then you go like, were you not paying attention to BBS? Because he kind of, that was kind of the point of him acting in, in that manner a little bit. I mean, BBS is a political thriller with two big superheroes. And there's a lot of that, there's a lot of those things that you can actually use right there. But then, of course, now we got James Gunn saying that Blue Beetle is part of the new DCU. So now it's like, oh, okay, we can't refer to that. But at the same time, you still kind of go like, well, he was, a, you know, look at how he was acting right there. Because, you know, after 20 plus years being in Gotham and just all these criminals and everything. So, I mean, you could kind of see why he went that direction. But then, of course, he came back. And then Justice League, not the same dude. It's called character development, people. Okay? It's it's okay to call Batman a fascist if he's being a fascist. It's okay. But hopefully he finds his journey back after that. And that's what happened when it came to faith, Alfred. Faith. Okay. So let's talk about the main topic. <sighs> All right. Boop. All right. Sorry. Get that. All right. All right. Slay Oliva. We love some Jay Oliva interviews because the man likes to talk. I know many people have asked, like, told me, like, hey, try to get him on the vodka stream. Very much would like to. But he doesn't do this often. That's the thing. He doesn't do this often. I mean, he's been interviewed on both Justice Cons, which is great. He's put his, you know, he's done interviews and has said some things when it, when it comes to those. And it's always fun because he doesn't hold back. He likes to talk. I would love to have him on a Vox stream, but, you know, I've tried and it's just kind of, you know, he just doesn't do it often. Maybe one of these days it'll happen. Maybe one of these days it'll actually happen. But we're going to go over uh, what he talked about because he talked first he talked about Ben Affleck's Batman and working on that script, but uh, we're going to talk about the main thing that everybody was like, oh my God. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. That sounds about right when it comes to Zack Snyder's Justice League part due. And then of course, you know, the third part as well, the trilogy that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it's funny because obviously we have the storyboards and the story that plays out in the storyboards, but we also have to remember that that wasn't going to be what the sequels were going to, you know, what was going to play out in the actual sequels. Zach said, like, yeah, if the, the sequels don't happen, that's the closest thing you'll get to it. So there's going to be some elements in there, sure. But the fact that Jay Leva right here is talking about, yeah, there might have been like an actual flashpoint event that happens within these sequels. Yes, would have been actually pretty crazy. So I'm going to pull up this article right here from DCU Direct, or the Direct, I should say. Zack Snyder's canceled Justice League sequel featured this big villain, not Darkseid. According to uh, one DCEU creative, Zack Snyder's Justice League sequel would have featured a major Flash villain from the comics. We already know this. 
and yes, blah, blah, blah. The fall of the anti, you know, obviously uh, when it comes to this, we've talked about like the director has made it clear that he had plans for DC's team of A-list heroes going forward. Previously mentioned an Avengers Endgame-esque story that would have centered on the fall of Earth when Superman succumbs to the anti-life equation, which of course was teased. So yeah, naturally we got like Darkseid, Lex Luthor in there, but then of course we have right here, DC storyboard artist, Jay Oliva. Jay Oliva revealed who would have been a primary antagonist, antagonist in the potential sequel of Zack Snyder's Justice League film. Speaking of inverse, Oliva pulled the curtain back on a Flashpoint movie that was in the works from the director that would have acted as a pseudo-Justice League sequel. That's right. So he said the Flash movies would have been, you know, basically the Flash movies, what Rick, uh, I always mess up his last name, Rick F., um, Basically, what he was going to establish was, oh, yeah, there was going to be, uh, you know, it was going to be a standard Flash movie. It wasn't going to be a Flashpoint movie. And it was funny, too, because I was getting in debates on, on Twitter with people saying, like, oh, no, we already knew this. This is nothing new. I'm like, no, no, he's giving away details of new things that we have not heard about yet. And when it came to Rick's Flash movie, that was not going to be a Flash movie. There are so many different versions of this script. It's kind of crazy how many there are. There's so many different versions. And Rick's version was not going to be a Flashpoint movie. And then all of a sudden, news came out that it was going to be a Flashpoint movie. He left. And then, of course, you had, like, that Seth Graham Smith guy that came in. You had Chris Miller and Phil Lord come in. You had what's the, the other duo that came in, too. I mean... The thing was just so up in the air, and they're like, Flashpoint. No, it's not a Flashpoint. Flashpoint. It's not a Flashpoint. But, I th but originally, no, it was not supposed to be that. Not supposed to be that. And he said the Flash movies would have, you know, basically just established in the Snyderverse the Flash laying the groundwork for the big baddie of the DC Universe, of course, being Ebor Eobard Thawne, Professor Zoom, or Reverse Flash, whichever you want to use. You could use both. Rick's movie was laying the groundwork for Zoom as the big daddy of the DC universe. The DC creative added, and it would have uh, been revealed that Reverse Flash, Reverse Flash had come from the future to basically fuck with Barry Allen. And audiences would have seen him pulling strings and influence, influencing the rest of the Justice League. Can you imagine that? The fact that they were actually gonna establish something where they were probably gonna show like what he was influencing before, I mean, Go all the way back to when Bruce saw Barry show up in his, you know, in the Batcave. There could have been something there too. I don't know. There's so many things. Like if they were thinking about like what, 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 what could have, what Thawne was actually going to be doing to manipulate this universe. Totally would have been just pretty sweet to see that whole thing, and they probably would have went back and we would have saw things that he was doing. It was Professor Zoom pulling the strings because he had come from the future to basically fuck with Barry. In the Flash movie, Zoom would be the villain in the background. And also, in the ancillary other films, you would see some of the influences of Zoom on the rest of the Justice League. So that's pretty sweet. Ugh. At the ending of Zack's Dark Side Quadrilogy, <laughs> or whatever, we would end up with a Justice League Unlimited version of the Snyderverse. And then you flip it. You do Flashpoint Paradox. 
Everybody whose friends are now enemies, and it's a world that you don't want to live in. You can reboot the universe and introduce a new cast that way, because after 10 years, the actors need to go on to something else. So they already had it figured out. Already had it figured out. Like, hey, we're going to do this thing right here. We'll establish some things. We'll do solo movies. And then you know what? We can just reboot it like that, because why not? I know some people hate that you could just have that reset button when it comes to The Flash. But at the same time, when it comes to the movies, and again, this is what I tweeted out, which got a lot of attention for some reason, is the fact that it's like, yeah, if you would have just let these guys cook whatever they were cooking, it would have already been done by now. And it probably would have been well received. And according to Greg Silverman, let's, let's face it, the movies that Zack did, at least when it comes to Man of Steel and BVS, those movies made profit. They made money. So if you would have just let the man do his thing, he could have just reset the whole thing for you. So I'm guessing that part three, when it came to Justice League, because we already know that part two was going to be very much about the Nightmare universe, the Nightmare timeline, that part three was going to have to do with something because obviously they were going to establish the cosmic treadmill and doing all that and, and Barry doing other things when it comes to time travel they established that yeah he could reverse time like he did to save the world but now he was going to start changing things and again what we have to realize too guys is the fact that it's not going to be an exact adaptation of the flashpoint story of course not it's going to be just pieces of it that are going to work with the story that's what zach does that's what he did with his movies is like taking pieces from other from popular books specifically bvs of course when it comes to dark knight returns and superman uh the death of superman and like birthright when it comes to lex luthor i mean he was just taking pieces from other books so it wasn't going to be a direct thing but i think things would have been pretty damn cool when it comes to all that for sure and then it says right here uh, aliva they put olivia but okay um who worked on flashpoint paradox animated film added that on the animated version he wanted to capture the grimness of the comic and was excited about adapting this as if it was a marvel live action film that's right guys he did say a marvel live action film so if you want to cancel him for that what can he do i want i wanted to really capture the grimness of the comic but also lay the groundwork for adapting this as if it was a Marvel live-action film. I just thought it would be, it would have been fantastic. Can you imagine Jason Momoa fighting Gal Gadot and then having that love story? <gasps> yeah, that would have been pretty, pretty insane. And you kind of already saw that they were laying the foundation of that when they were digging up Superman and they were having their moment. You kind of already saw something like that a little bit. So all of the missed opportunities being a part of it was so exciting and then having to shift gears and pivot it's kind of sad i would have loved to have seen it get to this point huh would have been so good would have been so good ah. but i think like yeah because we all know that there's other storyboards when it comes to what they were actually going to do and apparently that's what they were going to do they were going to do some kind of flashpoint type of film when it came to maybe part three of Justice League. So the first Flash movie was going to establish Thawne as being like, yeah, the background villain. Because they were going to have, you know, Captain Cold. They were going to have like a rogues gallery that was going to happen for the Flash in that movie, which a lot of us wanted. We didn't want the Flashpoint movie right at the beginning, even though it works as an origin story, which I, you know, I agree with that whole side of it when it's like, oh yeah, Flashpoint is... Also, a Flash origin film. 
if you think about it. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Flash movie we got now, yeah, I mean, as much as I still enjoy it, I, yeah, this would have been pretty damn sweet. <laughs> Let's face it. And just to see how he was manipulating, and it probably would have scattered all throughout every movie, too, like how he was manipulating things throughout the whole movie. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, look what happened over there when it, when it came to Marvel, when it came to Marvel Studios and what they were doing. We had Thanos that was just out in the cosmos, and we knew like he, was, he had a presence out there, and they kept teasing it. Just imagine, like, they weren't really teasing like there was some kind of background villain when it came to the Snyderverse, but just to find out that there was, and then it's like, this is how he was doing all that. This is how he was pulling the strings. Would have been a cool little reveal. Would have been an awesome reveal. So it's not like you're, there was no teasing. There was no, there was no like turning of, of reverse flash or, you know, going like, you know, you know, in a post credit scene. It was just all manipulation and stuff like that. And it would have been cool to see the explanation of how he was manipulating things throughout these movies. Would have been pretty sweet to see. Ah, oh, what could have been? What could have been? Damn it. Just sucks. Uh, pivot, all right. I'm popular opinion, but I never liked Flashpoint, especially the animated movie. Ooh, 7AT, not a fan. And we got Wonder Mag here. Yes, Jay does rock. Good to see you, Meg. Uh, Darren, just make it a graphic novel. I know, just make everything a graphic novel. I mean, we might as well now, right? Or an animated feature? Who knows? Reverse Flash is the ultimate hater. He is. Imagine the... I just, yeah, again, you know, casting would have been great. I mean, even though I asked Zach one of the times he was on the Vodka stream, I was like, did you have in mind of Jeffrey Dean playing the, uh, playing the Thomas Wayne Batman? I mean, did you have that in mind? He said no. I'm kind of wondering. Maybe he. I'm gonna have to. If if I get him on the Vox stream again, I'm gonna have to ask him that. I'm like, hey, your boy Jay said something about Flashpoint, and you told me Jeffrey Dean wasn't. Mm, I don't know. But but let's not forget though that the first information that came out from Jay was about Ben Affleck's Batman. So we're actually gonna go to the article where, where all this kind of like stemmed from. Here's your article right here from Inverse. Ben Affleck's Batman movie covered 80 years of unexplored mythos, Insider says. I mean, there's 80 years, every piece of Batman, live action, cartoon, whatever the hell you want, of course, explores 80 years of, of mythos. But they said unexplored mythos, which that would have been cool. Kind of makes you wonder, what were the flashbacks like? What were things that they were going to incorporate in there? Which, again, it's like just, I don't know, release a script, turn it into a comic book, do something. Would be nice to see what they were cooking up when it came to this. Because the fact that Ben Affleck gave it to a trusted friend, which was either his brother or Matt Damon or who knows who. But I said, like, yeah, this movie would kill you because he wasn't in the best shape then. It just kind of shows you that it was, could have potentially been one of the best Batman films of all time if they were going to explore things and jump flashbacks back and forth i mean christopher nolan's batman begins did you know obviously he's really good at jumping the timeline when it comes to storytelling but i'm just kind of curious of what would have happened in ben's script right here i can't really say too much other than it was fucking awesome i love how he just doesn't hold back with the f-bombs it was the best it was amazing so basically just talking about all that that's basically the quote right there. Despite being unable to 
go into specific plot details, Leva was able to share a bit more about the Batfleck movie that never was. Here's what he revealed. Beyond his storyboard responsibilities, Leva served as a sort of consultant across the DCEU thanks to his deep knowledge of the general source material and The Flash in particular. Those duties ex uh, extended to Affleck's planned Batman movie, though he wasn't brought on board until the project was already in active development. From my understanding, this is what Aliva says, there were a couple of drafts of it. Yeah, before John's got... Okay. When I was brought on, I don't know whether it was the second draft or something, but it was what Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck had showed me. Oh, guy with the ball cap. Get out of here. It was trying, it was tying together a lot of really cool Batman storylines that had never been really explored. Ah. It's like, which ones? Which ones? Yeah. Again, Oliva couldn't go into much detail, but he tried his best to explain what he liked so much about the script he read. I've worked on a lot of Batman things. And what was really cool about it was I was tying together a lot of really cool Batman storylines and had never been explored. So it's just like all of that. Ben's story was going to cover something that had never really been covered in comics, but it was building off storylines in the Batman mythos over the last 80 years, approaching it from a new kind of perspective. Ugh. Anybody else hard? Okay, so it was uh, very clear that there were a lot of things about it that I really loved, that I wished that had come to fruition. It was really, it was, it was a really great project in the beginning. Ben had to step away for personal reasons, of course, and I totally understood at the time that I spent with Ben working on the project was fantastic. Maybe someday I could spill the beans, but it still can't, but he still can't talk about it. Ah, which is kind of weird. It's almost like when Snyder was not really revealing too much about about what was happening in the sequel, at least the first sequel of Justice League. Again, Jim Lee, DC Comics, where are you at? You have some pretty awesome stories right here. Yeah, it's not going to play out as well as it would have live action, sure, but with everything the way it is right now, just just adapt the story into a graphic novel or put it into a... An animated feature. I mean, it just seems like it's just, it's totally, it's right there. Why not? Just do it. Do it. <sighs> or, I don't know, maybe they're going to save it for, I mean, what's kind of interesting, too, if you think about it, it's like James Gunn has seen all this. He's seen all this. He's seen what they were working on. I'm, I'm kind of curious of what he thinks about what they were working on. And if James Gunn is like, just as well-versed with the source material as Jay Oliva is, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, wow, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. There's probably some things that he thinks is cool, too. Again, you know, I mean, obviously there's people that don't want him to touch anything like that, obviously, because they hate him so much. But I'm just looking at it like the perspective of, okay, so we got two guys, and I'm like going, all right, if uh, James Gunn, you should probably bring back Jay Oliva to consult on some of this stuff again, especially when it comes to Batman Brave and the Bold. It seems like this is your guy to help consult with that, to help you out a little bit. That would be pretty sweet. But who knows what we'll see in the future, guys. But that's just... Jay Oliva, man, keep on talking, and hopefully he could talk a little bit more. But at the same time, the fact that he can't talk, fingers crossed, fingers, toes, balls, 
I's crossed. I mean, everything crossed that we're going to see this story play out in some form. Some form. But we'll see where, what form that is. Hopefully it's something pretty damn cool, right? I know. But see, that's the thing. is like people who work Jeff Johns don't really talk ill about Jeff Johns. Eesh. Well, at least like when it comes to these guys. There are, there are people that do talk ill about Jeff Johns. That was Snyder's mistake. He put Easter eggs to lure from someone, but didn't chronology put it. Okay, so we got AD talking about that. I don't really mind if they bring back Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Okay. This sounds terrible. Okay. So Go Hansen says it sounds terrible. So apparently exploring unexplored mythos of Batman over, the, of over 80 years sounds horrible. Okay. Apparently he's a diehard Batman fan. <laughs> Let's talk about the Batman script, but we can't talk about it. All right. I know. Right. It's like he's putting it out there. Hope Gunn brings us uh, great stories, if so. I mean, I'm hoping that, too, just because I know he's like a big nerd and he's well-versed when it comes to all this. What if they turned the Batflex script into The Brave and the Bold and instead of Batgirl as Damien? See, I had that thought, too. I had that thought, too, to be honest. I was like, what if they take elements out of that? Because, I mean, as much as I was like, release the script... They can't do that because it's owned by Warner Brothers. Jay Oliva said that. That's why it was funny because my my tweets got blown up and people were like, you know, I got both ends of the spectrum just saying I had people that were flat out convincing themselves that Ben Affleck at full circle said it might happen. And I went and I pushed back onto the guy and he and he was like, Well, he said you never know. And I'm like, okay. So you went from Ben saying that it's it might happen to well he said you never know and i'm like don't do that don't do that i get it we all want stuff like this to happen but don't put words in somebody's mouth to hype up people that's the problem nowadays is like when it comes to all this so don't do that it does sound horrible because he can't discuss oh okay so that's what you were saying oh no that you didn't say that somebody else did so it was me, Barry. It was me. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to uh, David Ayer. We're staying in the Snyderverse right now, folks. I'm going to move on to uh, what David, I mean, David Ayer. We're just going to go. Well, I'm just going to pull up his, uh, just going to pull up his uh, Twitter because that's, he's just been going crazy when it comes to uh, posting things. And, you know, there's some things that he has said, and it's pretty damn interesting. So, da, 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 David Ayer. All right, here we go. Let me scroll down. I mean, I, we're going to go through, and there's going to be so many uh, things that he uh, has covered. Let's see, how far should I go here? I mean, obviously, we're going to, like, go scroll through some things. Okay, keep going. Keep going. I'm finding where, where do you first start? I mean, obviously, so when it came to uh, August 5th, which was Saturday, that was the, uh, what, seven year anniversary, six, 2006, yeah, seven year anniversary of uh, Suicide Squad coming out. So naturally a campaign happened. And uh, yeah, he's basically just was like, okay, so David Ayer on the day of didn't really talk too much about, he didn't really talk about the, about the Ayer cut or anything like that. So, okay, I went too far. Um, 
which is fine. He doesn't really take part in campaigns, but he always comes in at the very end, it seems. You know, when it comes to David Ayer, anytime a campaign happens, he'll wait till it's like over and then he'll reignite the fire, which is actually pretty smart if you think about it. If you think about that, it's like, all right, let the fans boost, let the fans boost the hashtag and push for the release of the Ayer cut. And then David Ayer, the next day, will wake up and then he'll start saying things. He'll start responding. He'll start looking at people's responses and then clarifying and responding to all them. So that I like that. I actually do like that. But, uh, I mean, let's just start out. We'll start off with something right here. Like, of course, showing some baseball bats of good night. Obviously, we see he's saying good night to people. And then uh, showing the various different bats that they had for Harley Quinn. Pretty sweet. And then, of course, he uh, showed this shot of Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, I like that. And then I love this right here. Ah, that's right. Ah, we got this shot of uh, Batfleck right here wearing that BVS suit. Well, I mean, it's not Batfleck, but, you know. Yeah, it's not actual Ben Affleck, but, well, maybe it is. Who knows? But, uh, no, it's obviously wearing the, uh, you know, the oxygen mask for uh, diving into the water. And I love that it has the fat bat, like, right there. Pretty cool. So he's just dropping some behind-the-scenes photos. We got we got the mask right here of Deadshot. Which looks pretty sweet. I mean, obviously, I think it's still being constructed. This is in the middle of it being constructed. So just basically doing that. And then somebody asked this right here. And finally, we can actually clear this up a little bit. Because a lot of people were wondering about the ending, the post credit scene when it came to Suicide Squad. And the fact that you had Bruce Wayne meeting with Amanda Waller. And then, of course, the files. She gave him the files. And we saw a picture of Barry. We saw a picture of Arthur. So we all know that that was going to lead into Justice League where he was going to find, of course, both of them. And then he says uh, this was a uh, John's reshoot. They, everybody was claiming that because just the way it is. People were talking about it and saying that uh, it wasn't in the original cut, much like the Flash scene. So David Ayer said right here, not a reshoot. I shot the Wayne Waller scene in Toronto during principal photography. They shut it down. <laughs> they shut it down. Well, I think he meant then shut it down or my friends will. Okay, so there's some typos here. Sorry. You know, it's, it happens. Don't worry. They <laughs> then shut it down or my friends will line was intended to hint at Justice League. So the fact of the matter is, is uh, that that was not a reshot scene. That was not a reshot scene. That wasn't something that John's added. A lot of people thought that he clarified that, so that's pretty good. Like that he did that. Sorry. I kicked my light. He's also a rain of fire. Rain of fire? Hmm. Absolutely this. Okay, and then, of course, we'll scroll, 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 see what else, what else he put right here. Oh, yeah, Wayne T. Carr wants to see the air cut. David Ayer posted, like, yeah, thank you. Apparently, David Ayer is, uh, he's a Batman. He's the bat, he's uh, one of the bat, he's, he's a fan of the Batman. So that's pretty sweet. I'm sure some people didn't like that. Uh, he's such a gifted artist. Apparently, also Alex Ross posted three times, you know, talking about that. Seems like he wants the air cut. So David Ayer was thinking, uh, was thinking, uh, was thinking Alex Ross as well. He posted this right here, showing his camera. And then, okay, so here we go. Here's, uh, here's a big tweet that he had right here. This is pretty good. I like this. This is a genuine treat, uh, tweet right here that he had. 
that I thought was really good from David Ayer. What's your advice on how to navigate the situation with grace? There's a genuine curiosity, curiosity and interest from a lot of people. And I'm aware of there is another group of people that have fun mocking the film. Your comment is a perfect example of how many are uh, magnetically drawn uh, drawn to the discussion to the 2016 film in a negative way. Have you ever had an experience in life that didn't until the way you wanted it? Wanted it? Okay. And (laughs) that dragged you. That made you rethink everything. I have. All I know is my unseen film plays much better than the studio release. The interest in my cut being, being shown seems real and organic. And Gunn told me it would have its time. It would have its time to be shared. He absolutely deserves to launch, to launch his DC universe without more drama about old projects. In a way, I'm chained to this thing. I'm riding a tiger here and navigating this situation the best I can. Life is very strange. It's a very strange journey. Welcome to my TED Talk. So basically what he's saying right here, what David Ayer is saying right here when it comes to this is that he has talked with James Gunn. James Gunn said, yes, there can be a time where this will be released. Now, obviously, you could take it either way. You could take it as James Gunn is like going, yeah, we could do this. One of these days we could release this. This could be something that could be released on streaming, released as, you know, a special edition kind of thing. And maybe they can make some money off it. Or it could just be fluff. And he was just telling them that. Who knows? Well, we're never going to know until the day of. But there's always been there's always been this. It's always been something that I've heard when it when it came to uh, when it came to this whole situation right here. Is that the fact that uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the releasing of the air cut, it's like yeah, it's not going to happen now. Although now might be the perfect time to release it when there's when Hollywood's essentially shut down, and maybe you can make something from it. It would be pretty sweet. Like hey, put it out there. Why not? There's only what one DC project that's coming out next year, which is Joker Two. So why not throw this out there as well? This could be something. I mean, look what happened when it came to the Snyder Cut. Now, I know it's not as big as the Snyder Cut, but to me, it's like this is going to cost way less. You got to throw. Yeah, you still got to throw a few million dollars to finish some things. But man, why not just like like give it to him right there? So it's all pretty crazy. It's all pretty crazy. And then he de- he debunked this right here. And again, we can't take everything. You know, we got to take things. You can't be fans all the time. But uh, basically, he said there's a whole string of new articles dropping saying that James Gunn is planning to release the air cut before the start of the DCU. Any truth, James? I really wish that some of these, uh, I mean, especially air cut. My God. You have, you have a big following. Can you just be better? Don't be a fan. Be better. Don't believe everything you say. But luckily, David Ayer said, silly rumor, not true. Silly rumor, not true. Okay. Yeah. Silly rumor, not true. So, I mean, you can't believe all if if someone's putting it out there and yeah, as much as you like want it to be the case, you can't just automatically believe it. See, that's the thing about media. 
when they know that they have your bias, like, you know, that oh, you're going to be biased about certain things. They put it out there because, you know, that you're going to read it. You're going to spread it around. You're going to be like, oh, this is totally true. This is totally true. Don't do that. This is how we get into trouble. This is what has happened in the past. And sadly, there are still people that think that Warner Brothers was like, no, you can't use Steppenwolf. And Steppenwolf was supposed to be in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. I still saw people over the weekend post about it. Where's that freaking art? There was, people, uh, there, there was an account that was actually posting somebody, some fan-made art that put Steppenwolf, that put Steppenwolf in, uh, in, in that last little, uh, whatchamacallit, that, the, the last scene right there. It's this art right here. So I saw people passing this around saying like, look what they took from us. Look what they took from us. This wasn't actual concept art. This was actually somebody made this. I actually, the person follows me and actually said, hey, that's my fan art. Yes. Again, this was actually something that was discussed before the script was written. So yes, at first, David Ayer, he's even said it before. David Ayer himself said, yes. I was going to incorporate Steppenwolf, but then when he was talking with Zach and they were developing the storyline, the big picture, Zach was going to use Steppenwolf for Justice League. So immediately it was wiped out of Suicide Squad. But there are still people out there that still are like, Steppenwolf, look what they took from us. I'm like, okay, so you'd rather have Steppenwolf in Suicide Squad than Justice League? Make up your mind. Remember. Remember when you fought for the Snyder Cut? Who was the big baddie in there? Steppenwolf. So he wasn't going to show up at the end of Suicide Squad. You want to change Zack Snyder's Justice League because now you're on to the, the air cut? Ah, <sighs> gets frustrating sometimes. I tell you what, it really does. But we got to remember that Steppenwolf was a very early idea from Ayer. And then he said, nope. Or like when he was talking to Zack, Zack was like, no, I'm going to use him. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. So, you know. We, got to, we have to remember that. We have to remember that. Keyword when it comes to the air cut. Patience. Exactly. Just a little patience. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck, bro? Was that official? No, it wasn't, War. I just explained to you that it was not official. That was not official. That was a fan that made that, but people are passing it around. It's pretty crazy. Again, don't believe everything. You have to do your due diligence. You can't just read something and automatically believe it. There is so much bullshit out there that are just trying to take advantage. We had two fucking assholes who were trying to be scoopers. One was called Lightcast. One was called the Cultured Nerd, and they were taking advantage. They were taking. They were trying to take advantage of the Snyder fandom because they knew that there would be a, a good chunk of the fans that would believe anything that was put out there, and they they flat out said that when like in 2019 or whatever the hell they flat out said that the air cut is currently being worked on. They are reinserting Steppenwolf back into Suicide Squad, and the VFX company that's working on it is Zoic Studios. And then they try to prove it when Zack Snyder released, this was before the Snyder Cut came out, but he released a shot that still had, you know, has the information around it of Steppenwolf, and it said ZS. And it was kind of funny because most logical, insane people were like, oh, that means Zack Snyder because 
he's looking at the footage, Zack Snyder. They try to pass it off. No, that means Zoic Studios. It was just kind of convenient. Again, you have to watch out for these con artists. Luckily, those guys aren't really around anymore. They got outed as being con artists, but you got to watch out for the new con artists. There's still, there's going to be, there's scoopers out there that are going to try to take advantage, and you have to do your due diligence. If something seems, again, it's like that old saying, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. So you see a shot like that that has Steppenwolf in the ending scene of Suicide Squad. You have to take, before you start getting excited, you got to be like, wait a minute. They actually had concept? Let me look at that. And then you can maybe find the guy who was like, no, no, I made that. That was me. Or you can look up and, and see that David Ayer has already clarified this before. That's the thing. He's already, he's already said that it was a very early concept, but then, of course, it got thrown out before even the script was, was even, like, there was probably an outline, and it was part of that. And then before the script was even written, it was, yeah, it was that. So you got to do the due diligence, man. Got to do that. You got to do that. So... Because we are hungry. Okay. So? You still got to do your due diligence. War, V, whatever your name is. Yeah. Just because you're hungry doesn't mean you got to, like, believe everything you say. That's how they take advantage of you. Don't be taken advantage of. All right? That's all I got to say. James Gunn is... Okay, so we got Darkseid, of course, doing all that. Um, uh, Corn Sweat is being made a goffy. Plot point in uh, Superman Legacy, he is being used to launch the DCU, but the negative buzz around Superman Legacy is giving Zaslav pause. (laughs) Superman Legacy, if released, will be the first... Okay, so... If released... So, see, again, we got people... Okay. Can't... You gotta... Yeah, you gotta watch out for stuff like that. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, it's pretty crazy. You think... You'd think people would learn how to... People don't know how the internet works. Again, again, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I've, I've said it time and time again. It's like the further we get away from the releasing of the Snyder Cut, the crazier things are going to get, you know, and there's crazy things that happen when it comes to just the Snyderverse in general. I mean, again, the whole hashtag sell the Snyderverse to Netflix or Snyderverse to Netflix thing is still, I, that's still around. It doesn't have any kind of steam anymore i did see a poster the other day where they added more movies to it these people keep on adding more movies to the slate that they want for the netflix snyderverse they've added more to it i think they even added the schumacher cut because i, I guess that's gonna have somehow that's somehow like you know is it works with the whole timeline i don't even get it but yeah there's there's still very much they still keep on adding stuff when it comes to that Netflix does suck, they're, and they're not going to buy that. Yeah, there's no proof. I mean, you, you just got to do you just got to do your research and just search, just search and scroll through and make sure everything you know. That's the thing. I mean, I we we were making jokes jokes about the uh, the Zoic Studios yesterday, and somebody was like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" It's like, "Whoa, we're just making jokes here." So, when is Green Lantern coming out? Is that still a thing? Yeah, it's part of the uh, Chapter 1 DCU, the Lanterns, the series. So that should still be coming out too. So, All right. Now we go from the Snyderverse to the Barbieverse. Oh, boy. Well, 
We knew it was going to happen, and Zaslav and all those guys are probably like, whoo, we finally got a winner, folks. Hey, we only got about $40, $50 billion more to get rid of that debt. That's right. But yes, Barbie. Barbie has made a billion dollars. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? We have, when it comes to uh, movies, franchise movies, who would have thought that Super Mario Brothers and Barbie were going to cross a billion dollars? I'm, I'm, now I'm curious to see how far Barbie goes. You know, this is what, the third weekend? And it made a billion dollars? Pretty freaking crazy. Pretty crazy. Here's the box office report right here. Barbie, 43% drop. So it is coasting in the 40% range when it comes to the drop. And it made $53 million over this past weekend domestic. But yes, it has now crossed a billion dollars. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Well, Margot Robbie definitely did when she was pitching it to the studio. But I'm, they're, they're, you better believe that they are, they are happy that they went forward with it. Definitely happy. This thing's got some definite legs, some plastic freaking legs. And then we got the Meg. We got Meg uh, Trench, the Trench, which, you know, these people love these movies. Uh, it, it, it started off with like a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's like, really? Nobody's looking for actual cinema when it comes to this. There's literally a poster of Jason Statham, Jason Statham, using his foot and his legs to like prevent the Meg from chomping him up. I mean, it's that ridiculous. You have to have these movies, too. Like, I, I watched the first one. I watched it at home. But I plan on watching this one. I'm going to put it on one night when I'm just like, fuck it. Let's put on a crazy, stupid movie. But it made 147.7, 145.7, I should say, worldwide. And that's pretty cool. And Oppenheimer, 37.6% drop. So these two movies continue to have small drops. Weekend to weekend. It's already past a half a billion, 556. Now, it's not, it's not, it's still not, you know, obviously it's not Christopher Nolan's top movie, but the fact that it's R-rated three hours and it's a biopic about a fucking bomb, I mean, are making a bomb? Jeez. And then, of course, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't really get a wide release when it came to this, but still very good. $43 million for an animated kids film? Fantastic. That's good. I think the budget was like around 70 million or something like that. It's a low budget, so I think this movie is going to make a profit. It looks like it's going to be on its way to make a profit, and they're already trying to work a sequel, which they should. Let's get it going pretty good because it's getting great reviews. We talked about it on uh, on Friday's vodka stream. Everybody on the panel seemed to just really enjoy it. Even the diehard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans. Really, I mean, we all had our, you know, obviously you're going to have your little gripes about it, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the absolute shit out of the movie. So hopefully it does have some good little turtle legs and it could at least, you know, hopefully it gets more of a release worldwide. I mean, it's going to need some of those other markets to help it out a little bit more, but I'm glad that it's actually having, showing some life when it comes to uh, the box office right there. And uh, 43, 51.6 worldwide so far. I think it hopefully can have, uh, you know, if it gets released in more markets. It just seems like maybe there's a little delay when it comes to all that, but I really want to see where this franchise can go. 
because I was pretty impressed. I mean, yeah, the, the story was pretty generic when it came to what the villain wanted to do. We've seen it before, sure, but I really like the dynamic of the turtles. I like the expansion of the world, and I like the fact that Shredder wasn't not the, 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 the baddie at first, you know? It was like, all right, we've seen that so many times. Let's do a different one. And then eventually we'll get the Shredder because obviously you have to have Shredder in there. But I thought like the take, the it was the updated take was pretty damn good when it came to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now I want pizza. Okay. I actually ate pizza the night of, and then I ate pizza this weekend. It was a, I, yeah, I think after watching this movie, I just, we were just craving pizza. So I have had pizza twice in the past week, all because of the turtles. Turtles, turtles. Uh-oh! Marvel Studios. Man, it just keeps getting better and better. Just keeps getting... <laughs> ah, it's so funny because, you know, this is what happens. This is just what happens. You know, Marvel Studios figured out how to do the shared universe when it came to superheroes. And now everybody, of course, is trying to, trying to capture that lightning in a bottle, which you can really never do twice. Sometimes maybe you can, but it's very rare. So that's why it's like, come on, please, James Gunn, you saw how that machine works. Build a different machine over here. Make it something different. And that's what I'm like hoping for is the fact that he saw how that machine works. So it's like, don't apply everything how that works. Apply the things that definitely will work over here. But, you know, it's just like one of those things. But of course, we've heard numerous in the past like year. We've heard numerous times of VFX artists going on like a Reddit thread and just talking about the unruly conditions that are happening when it comes to trying to finish shots for projects of these movies, how last minute changes were happening. They were all working like sleeping in the office and working 18 hour days, working crazy overtime, and of course not getting paid what they should be paying. I mean, again, if you're, you know, if you're wondering when it comes to these strikes and whatever, and I know there's more things with the strikes. There's something that happened with Zachary Levi, which I think we'll, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. There's just so much other things to talk about. I know he, you know, we'll talk about that. But anyways, but yeah, but there's a reason why people are like, you know, but it's not just the actors and the writers. It's also the VFX artists. The VFX artists are also being affected when it comes to all this. And then we got a new article right here from Vulture that says overworked and underpaid VFX workers vote to unionize at Marvel. Notice that it's just at Marvel. That is bad PR. You hear that, Kevy Pants, Feige Pants? Call it the Hollywood labor organizing version of Avengers Assemble on the heels of more than a year's worth of damning disclosures around Marvel Studios' systemic overworking and underpayment of visual effects workers on its blockbuster movies and streaming services series, VFX crews at Marvel have finally petitioned to demand union recognition from the studio. On Monday, a group of more than 50 on-set employees filed to petition for an election to be represented by the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees with the National Labor Relations Board. The workers are asking for the election to be held as early as August 21st. This marks the first time visual effects professionals have banded together to demand the same rights, wage protections, and professional watchdog oversight enjoyed by workers in almost 
every other segment of the entertainment industry. The supermajority of Marvel's 52-member on-set production crew signed authorization cards to indicate they wish to be represented by the powerful labor union representing some 170,000 artisans, technicians, stagehands, and craftspeople across TV, film, and live theater in the United States and Canada. So they're putting the pressure on, baby. Everybody is. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how everything that's happening this year. I mean, when it comes to strikes and this and more things are going to happen. Just just I mean, there's already been talks of like when it comes to the stunt crews out there that don't get represented enough and probably don't get paid enough when they're risking their lives to make the freaking star look good. I mean, there's all kinds of things. There was even like uh, I saw a tweet over the weekend that even talked about. Uh, it was actually a video, like a clip from like TikTok or something like that, that had like somebody from a Disney, an old Disney show that talked about how how Disney was able to pay them shit wages, which is there's a clause in the contract that basically said after so many seasons, like like when they first when you first get a uh, a season, when you first get a show in the first season, they could pay you as low as they want, essentially. They could just pay low wages and whatever. And then naturally, when it gets to, like, maybe season three or whatever, season three, season four, obviously, you can the contract's up. You could renegotiate, get some more money. But what they end up doing is changing the location of these shows and changing the title of the show, you know? So then it's like, it's not, you know... I don't even know the shows that, but they'll just add something to it. They'll change the location. So then it's like having the, it's like reverting back to season one. So then, Hey, guess what? Now we could pay you the season one rage uh, wage as opposed to the season three or four wage. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's all slow. It's just slimy. Everything's so slimy. The wages and everything that they pay, the, the loopholes that these companies pull, man, it's just, it's all pretty crazy. But it's just kind of funny because now it's all being revealed and put out there in the public square of social media. So now we're all, you know, talking about it and it just keeps getting talked about and discussed and the backlash keeps on going, you know, but it's just stuff like that. I mean, but yeah, Disney was, I guess, doing that a lot with all their Disney shows. Like you get to like the third or fourth season, all of a sudden they change the location, they change the title of you know, they did it with Hannah Montana. They did uh, the Sweet Life with Cody, Zach and Cody. They did, the, they did that. They just changed the location and the title so then they could just pay the people season one wages as opposed to giving them raises as they should. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But good for the VFX artists. Hopefully this actually works out. But it's just kind of funny because they're only doing it with Marvel Studios. It just kind of shows you. I mean, I'm sure there's other studios that have some crazy deadlines and whatever the hell, but it's not nearly as bad as Marvel Studios and Disney. It's just not nearly as bad. It seems like. It seems like when it comes to the other studios, I'm sure there's been bad moments. We'll probably hear about that in the future, but it just seems like when it comes to them, it's bad. It's bad. And we've seen the final products. And it sucks because now when you watch like some of the horrendous like VFX shots that have been in like the series or even some of the movies, you just kind of go like, man, that sucks because there's probably a dude that was like barely like was like sipping coffee and Red Bull and just like, you know, barely, you know, had his eyes open that were probably trying to finish those shots. And they ended up not looking that great, but he couldn't do anything about it. That sucks. 
That sucks. All right. Let's get to the questions now. How you guys doing? You guys good? You guys good? Bob Iger grinding his teeth. I know. It's like, Bob, you're old. I'm sure you got plenty of money. Just cut. You only need, you know, what, how much more do you need? Greed is an ugly thing, isn't it? Who does stunts today? A lot of people do stunts today. What are you talking about? There's still plenty of people who do stunts today. Did you not watch John Wick? There was no VFX that happened there. Definitely. Come on. Slimy as the secret of the used. Cowabunga, dude, right? I love the fact that there was TCRI that was in uh, Mutant Mayhem. I was like, sweet. Love the fact that there was still TCRI mentioned. And I like how they talked about, you know, ooze. Ooze just sounds better. Ooze, man. So, so many great moments in TMNT, I tell you. When you underpay your workers, guess what? The work won't be as good. Exactly. And they're suffering from that now because they were trying to pump out so much fucking content and overworking these, you know, overworking these guys. It's like overworking these artists. It's the fact that it's like, what were you expecting? And it just sucks because these are still artists, okay? I've talked to VFX artists. They take very much pride in their work. They want to put out a good pr product. Who, who wouldn't, okay? We all want to put out good products when we're doing something in, in the entertainment space, especially when it comes to VFX. You want them to look good. You want them to represent what the director is going for when it comes to his vision. You want to put it out there and people to be like, holy shit, did you see that scene? They want that reaction. But when you're like grinding them and say like, oh yeah, you have to get this shot done in a week. Then it's like, well, I can't do that. And then it ends up looking like shit. And then they just release it anyways. And it's like, ah, God, so bad. Oh, so bad. Everything is good. Good. Sticko Media, good to see you. All right, let's go to the questions. Let's see. I posted on uh, YouTube. Let's see if anybody asked a question there. Let's see. What do we got here? We got Game Savior uh, twenty nine one uh, ten, which you know I know he was in the um, the chat earlier. Can Gun just focus on DC instead of hoping back and forth? I'm hopping back and forth with Marvel. Seems like. He already got his excuse why uh, his universe will fail. Well, that's the thing. He still has, I mean, I know there's still going to be like the I Am Groot season two, so he's probably going to be pushing that. I mean, that's the thing. And then Guardians of the Galaxy came out on video this week, so he's still got to talk about it. It's part of his contract. There's nothing, nothing he could do about that. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, he helped create Groot, so he's going to be pushing the season two of I Am Groot. I haven't even watched season one yet. Still got to do that. But, uh, yeah, he's still going to have to do somewhat of that. So, I mean, there's nothing he could really do about that. He's got to do that, but eventually he's going to be full-on DC Studios. I mean, he's probably like 90, he's probably like 90-10 right now. I'm sure he's like, he's all, you know, big time into... Um, into Superman Legacy, but did I mention this right here? I don't think I mentioned this right here, but uh, I'm going to mention it right now. When it comes to James Gunn, he actually talked about this right here. James Gunn says, Creature Commando Season 1 will be seven episodes long. 
So there you go. If you're wondering when it comes to Creature Commandos, how long is that series going to be? According to James Gunn, he was on threads because, you know, he was one of those people that's going, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with Zucky Pants. I'm with Zucky Pants. He's not with Elon. He's not with Musky Pants. <laughs> yeah, he's with Zucky Pants, not with Musky Pants. Um, so he's staying on threads. But I like that people are still reporting that what James Gunn is saying right there. But yes, Creature Commandos season one will be seven episodes long. So not too long. And it's going to be interesting what Easter eggs are going to be in there and how they tie into the movies. That's what I'm kind of wondering about when it comes to uh, this series. So looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I uh, forgot to mention that at the uh, when I came to the tweets. I meant to have that one in there. All right. Now I got to scroll, scroll, scroll. This is actually a pretty cool. I like this Blue Beetle poster right there that has the, uh, the scarab right there in the, uh, the big Billy Burger box. Big Belly Burger, not Billy belly all right let's go ahead and do this right here uh let's see questions we're good we're good Uh oh all right darren mr laugh now cry later the more i think about it since keaton was going to be the dceu batman does this mean the batman beyond movie they had planned for him was actually going to be Batgirl Beyond. Now, I think there was actually going to actually be a Batman Beyond movie. I kept hearing that too. I kept hearing that Michael Keaton, the only reason, the only way that Michael Keaton was going to really sign on, he was going to sign on for multiple movies, but he wanted that Batman Beyond movie. Like he was like, let's do the Batman Beyond movie. And I was even hearing that he was wanting Tim Burton to come back, which I thought that was actually, that would have been pretty cool. It's like, yeah, actually have a full-on Michael Keaton Batman movie that was Batman Beyond and that would finish the trilogy. And if they brought Burton back, that could have been something cool. It could have been a disaster. Who knows? But could have been something cool when it comes to having an actual trilogy of Batman, Batman Returns, and Batman Beyond. That could have been something pretty sweet. But that got thrown, thrown out, especially since The Flash went kablooey. Eric, hey Dave, I had a thought on Zach's previous reply to you about Flashpoint, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, etc. I suspect he might have been quibbing, Obi-Wan Kenobi style, say he wasn't going to do that ultimate Flashpoint DCU reboot, Days of Future Past style, but Jay was? I don't know. Like I said, it's something that I would actually ask him again. He might have just been like, no, I didn't really even think about that. But I think he had it in the back of his mind. But then at the same time, it's like if you're going to have like a big, you know, brick shithouse of a Batman, you know, and you're going to have somebody like Ben Affleck, who's six foot three, six foot four. And he's just, you know, you're going to get him nice and like a beast. You got to have his dad look like that, too. And then, of course, he's worked with Jeffrey Dean before. So why not just use him? I mean, it really worked out. And then if you know, and then it could have just been a coincidence like, oh, shit. Yeah, we're going to do the Flashpoint thing. Jeffrey Dean would look great in a bat suit. It would look absolutely fantastic in a bat suit. Oh, uh, what could have been? Brad, Gunn's been awful quiet on the air cut stuff and the WWE3 talk. You're absolutely correct. I'm kind of wondering about that. I could see why he's been quiet with the air cut stuff. I don't see him actually talk about that. But the Wonder Woman stuff, I'm surprised we haven't really heard anything from him about that. Not saying that's a good or bad thing, but I, but think he'll directly address either one soon i mean i would say maybe not the air cut he might just be like but again he's not on twitter so i don't know it's so weird 
But you'd think that he would talk about the Wonder Woman stuff. But then at the same time, again, I mean, I, uh, I'm i actually going to post something on Patreon. I'm not going to say it here, but I'm going to post something on Patreon um, tonight. I'll post something, and then I might just do, like, a little podcast tomorrow on Patreon. Just a little added stuff. Just stuff that was just, like, you know, having discussions with people and everything. That and I'm just, uh, I still have my reservations about the whole Gal Gadot Wonder Woman thing. But I'll, I'll talk about that on Patreon. So you patrons, you know, check it out, you know, check it out when I do. I'm going to post something tonight, but yeah, you'll see it. And if you, yeah, like I said, you want to subscribe to it, go for it. Also, can we, can we all now agree definitively, definitively that Jeff Johns should never, ever be overseeing filmmaking decisions? Yes. Yes. Get him away. He does not know what the hell he's doing. Devon Wooter. Hey, Dave, I watched the John Wick movies. I really like this franchise. Do you think they are going to do a John Wick 5? I don't know. Well, that ending of John Wick 4 kind of goes, eh. Or reboot the franchise? I can't see them rebooting it. If it's not Keanu Reeves, it's not John Wick. And what's your favorite John Wick scenes from the uh, movies? And I went to Walmart. Flash movie is coming on Blu-ray August 29th. Okay, so that's when it comes out. I was wondering when that came out on actual blu-ray um but well, my favorite scene there's so many i mean obviously you, you got like the the club scene in the first one you got the stair scene in this last one you got the dog scene uh you know with holly berry in the third one i mean there's so many so many great scenes throughout the franchise Darkness Under the Wind, Dave, question one, with Reverse Flash originally being planned to be the actual big bad of the Snyderverse and not Darkseid, how do you think his explanation of manipulating everything before Flashpoint would have been? Good, confusing, or bad? Now, it would have been good, might have been confusing at first, maybe at first, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I, I could just imagine it would have just been like, what the hell? Pretty crazy, but I think it would have been absolutely fantastic in Snyder, I trust. Question two, with the VFX department in Marvel unionizing, does this mean they are truly dead for now at least and more screwed than other studios and companies? Yes! That's what happens when you become this giant. You become this giant, you're on top of the world for the entire 2010s. And then you end your Infinity Saga in 2019. The pandemic happens. You're trying to move forward with this multiverse saga. And guess what happens? Yeah, now people are coming out and being like, we're acting. We, it's been like slave, slave wages. And people are like, Jesus Christ, they're overworking us. This is crazy. You know? It's just what happens, and you can, you understand it because obviously you know you got all these freaking greedy ass motherfuckers that are trying to make as money as much money as possible and not paying their goddamn. Ugh. Yes, they are the most screwed because they are the biggest studio, and look what's happening when it comes to all this. Captain Salute. Let's just be logical here. The Lex and Deathstroke tease the true Flashpoint paradox movie with, of course, Jeff Dean Morgan and. Lauren Cohen, but then again, it's like we don't know if Lauren Cohen was actually going to be involved in it. Again, it wasn't going to be a direct adaptation. That's not what Zach does. He didn't do that for BBS. There would be elements, so we might not even gotten a Lauren Cohen Joker or something like that. It wasn't going to be like that. What we got instead was sub mid movies. Okay, but it wasn't going to be. I mean, again. It was going to be a version. It was also going to be just like what Andy Muschietti did. 
That was a version of Flashpoint. What Zack would have done would have been a version of Flashpoint as well to fit his story, you know? Jamon Watson for the Blue Beetle suit, I would say it goes up there with Deadpool, Wolverine yellow, uh, yellow suit, Raimi suit, Superman's outfit, and Aquaman. Yeah, it's a, it's it's pretty damn fantastic. I agree with you, Mr. Watson. Mr. Nobody, I'm glad the VFX artists intend to unionize. I know it's going to be a long process, but if they succeed, the big studios will pay them the more money in longer time for films to come out in theaters, but at least the end result is not going to look like babies in flash. Again, that was a stylistic choice. Ugh. It was a stylistic choice. That's the thing. How do you know that, Dave? Well, maybe because I've talked to some of those VFX artists. What? What? Uh, stylistic choice, people. It's Speed Force Dust. Speed Force Dust. That sounds like a pretty... That sounds like a weed strain. Speed Force Dust. Or cocaine. All right. Okay, that's that's where I end this right here. Because <laughs> it does sound more like... It would be like... More than... More than some weed, right? All right, guys. Hey, if you want a Batman shirt with all the Batman font shirt, it is down below in the uh, Film Junkie closet if you want to get yourself one of those. So, anyways, guys, appreciate you guys clicking in and watching the stream today. Wow, this one went freaking long. So much to talk about. All right. So, uh, like I said, subscribe to the channel. As uh, I always tell you guys, like it, share it, do all that. Become a member if you want to support the, uh, the Film Junkie family. Be part of the Film Junkie family. And, of course, say on Wednesday, we'll do a members-only stream after that stream. And, like I said, I'll be posting some things on Patreon. So look forward to that. Just things that I've been hearing and talking, you know, and talking with, with people about. So check that out. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's pretty much it. Hopefully you guys have a good uh, rest of the night. Have a good Tuesday. I'll see you guys on Wednesday for Film Junkie Live. All right, guys, love you. Talk to you later.